Hello, everybody. This is Ruthless Harper. Welcome back to Paranormal Stories. Uh, I know it's been a little bit since I posted another episode. So, uh, today we're going to talk about three different events. One is the Black Knight satellite and how it's uh, been orbiting our planet supposedly for 13,000 years. Uh, the first person to ever get any kind of signal from it, supposedly, is Nikola Tesla. I think my own opinion on it is that it's an observatory satellite that an alien race may have put here. Because th we might have been created by an alien race. And maybe they're using it to monitor our growth and see how well mankind survives. And uh, see our different stages of evolution that we go through. Another one is talking about reptilians and the different parts that they've affected us in our society. And another one is an extraordinary story about a couple. And I, I think they're just going to, I think these stories are pretty cool. So let's get this started. The first one will be about the reptilians. It says... <clears throat> Reptilian aliens. No other alien species strikes as much fear in the human psyche as the reptilian. These beings, snake-like in appearance and malevolent by nature, are the stuff of nightmares. It is possible that reptilian humanoids, humanoids are the source of the devil and demonic entities who have tormented humanity since early history. Many alien researchers and contactees postulate that these lizard creatures may have been the mythological characters spoken of in numerous ancient religions, texts, and folk beliefs. Mythology Chinese In Chinese mythology, there exists a spe special reference for reptilian creatures. Dragon kings symbolize the power of the four elemental corners, shape-shifting into humans at will, pulled by celestial dragons in their heavenly chariots. Islamic Within Islamic mythology, the jinn are creatures of smokeless fire who sometimes appear as snake-like beings. The jinn were created by God and exist under the same rules as mankind. Sumerian Some researchers believe that extraterrestrial entities have influenced humans since the beginning of human history, creating cultural practices around their likeness. Zachariah Sitchin believed that the Anunnaki of Samaria mythology was an ancient E.T. race controlling humans and using them as slaves to do their bidding. Biblical. There are also claims that the snake from Genesis was in fact a reptilian being who convinced Eve to break her oath to God by tasting the forbidden fruit of knowledge. Could these myths be interpretations of reptilian humanoids suited for the time, place, and circumstances around ancient moments of contact origin these creatures are thought to originate from the star system draco characteristics physical characteristics while some of these mythological creatures play benevolent roles within their given society the reptilians encounter in, in modern abduction scenarios are generally cruel and negative beings Standing anywhere from 6 to 8 feet tall, their most recognizable features is their snake-like head, skin, and eyes. Abductees report a variety of skin colors ranging from brown to green, red, and sometimes white. These colors and the presence of wings are said to signify rank amongst the reptilians, with the white-skinned beings viewed as the elite class. 
Their webbed hands have three fingers tipped with long, sharp talons, and they are often seen wearing armor or cloaks. Some abductees report scratches and bruising after an encounter. Reptilians are fourth and fifth density beings. Communication methods. Many agree with the, that a hallmark of the reptilian alien is an almost sadistic tendency towards eliciting human drama and fear. These beings utilize psychic communication and abductees report the re- that reptilians seem to intentionally manipulate human emotions. This is achieved by using the emotional field created by trauma as an energetic source that the reptilian supposedly feeds on from. Some can implant screen memories upon their ob- subjects, creating false scenarios to hide an abduction occurrence. It is also reputed that reptilians can access the human dreamscape, attacking people on the astral plane. Reptilians are known to be master shapeshifters, able to assume human form. Mode of transportation. Reptilians generally travel in disc-shaped craft. Intentions on Earth. David Icke, a popular reptilian researcher, has accused presidents, kings, and queens of being shape-shifting aliens, intent upon controlling the resources on planet Earth for their own benefit. Although the reptilian is often approached as a physical creature, some claim that these beings exist outside of our dimension. This would make their shape-shifting an immaterial manipulation of human consciousness. Reptilian creatures seem to be warlike beings, being on conquest and control. Common abduction scenario. Positive reptilians are not the norm, and many abductions involve forcible acts upon the abductee. Some of these intrusions are sexual in nature, leading researchers to the conclusion that hybridization between humans and reptilians may be in progress. Abductees have reported encountering strange amphibian-like beings while aboard reptilian ships, but perhaps the truth of their intervention dates back even further than recent encounters. Researchers hypothesize that human beings may have been genetically altered by these entities for thousands of years, torn from peaceful evolutionary path by otherworldly forces, and subsequently enslaved. Sorry. The darkest rumor goes beyond genetic manipulation. Some believe that reptilians are farming humans as cattle to situate their apparent taste for earthling flesh. Notable researcher David Icke. Abduction scenarios and contactees of the reptilian species seem to share similar experience of psychic violence and manipulation. The most notable researcher of these creatures is David Icke, a former BBC sports correspondent turned alien researcher who states that the reptilians are the source of many of the problems that currently plague societies around the world. Their goal is the domination of resources in all aspects of human life, from the physical to the psychosocial. Ike believes that this elite ruling class, also known as the Illuminati, carried the vestiges of reptilian DNA from an ancient hybridization program. These powerful rulers seek to remain in power through any means necessary. Ike's views on the reptilian agenda are quite controversial and have been criticized by some as concealing racist undertones. And for a second, I'm going to stop for a second here and talk a little bit 
uh, it's crazy that he says this, that he believes that this is elite ruling class. There was a 12-year-old girl here in the United States, in California actually, who did a uh, genealogically test on the presidents, uh, research on the presidents going all the way back, and found out that 42 of our 43 presidents are related to each other. And they can all be traced back to King George, the one who signed the Magna Carta. That is pretty strange, especially when he is claiming this. And if think about it like this, if an alien race did come here and they did create us, they would pick certain individuals to stay in power so that their agenda would keep going on the way they want it to. So it does make sense that he would believe this, and there is evidence out there that shows that this is existing. That's just my own opinion on that. It says, are reptilians inherently evil? There are some who claim to have been in contact with peaceful reptilians, which leads to the question of whether an entire species can be classified as an inherently evil. After all, humanity has a share of cruel and manipulative individuals, yet many people on Earth are good-natured and value love above hate and destruction. Do you believe that reptilians are purely evil creatures? Have you had your own experiences with these extraterrestrials? I honestly do not believe that all of them are evil, but I do believe that the majority of reptilians could be evil and skewed to be like that because they do feed from the stories I've heard and the research I've looked into on reptilians they do feed off of humans every uh, super soldier conspiracy I've ever actually looked into it somehow relates back to the Illuminati relates back to reptilians and there's been stories where they've talked about reptilians eating babies in front of them to try to uh, traumatize them it's and there's actually a CIA classified file that has now been released to the public. You can look it up on the internet where it talks about an ice truck of some type transporting humans humans from here to the moon and to the Draco system as a food source for reptilians. Also, there's a movie, an old movie with Roddy Roddy Piper um, way back in the 80s that was about... A reptilian race controlling the planet, and that they were shapeshifters. There's video footage of shapeshifters. Of uh, uh, one of them, I know for a fact, is was a special uh, secret service agent of Obama's that changed shape and was caught on national television by multiple cameras right there during a press conference he was having. Uh, Beyonce and Jay Z. They're both said to be reptilians. There was an incident where both of them, at separate occasions, had supposedly had their uh, their uh, well, some kind of camouflage device that allows them to shape shift malfunction. One was where Jay Z was on a plane, and it happened, and a bunch of people blew up Twitter, and Twitter literally had to shut it down because it was going, it was becoming outrageous. It was becoming so big. Same with Beyonce. She supposedly did it at a party, at a uh, concert of hers, and started shape-shifting. And this was all caught. People in power, it's like Bohemian Grove. 
Bohemian Grove is for the elite and secret society. Maybe these are all related to each other. The Bohemian Grove, Illuminati, Stonemasons, the Reptilians, the Anunnaki. I believe that they are all connected into one. This heart and the secret space programs, the super soldiers, uh, studies and stuff. This is all related to each other. The Montauk, Pro- Montauk Project. All of them. They all coexist with one another and they all relate back to each other. For some reason, these I believe this very highly that the reptilians are here. This is Rufus Harper. Uh, I'm going to go into now talking about the Black Knight satellite. Uh, I just did the segment on reptilians. I believe the Black Knight satellite and the reptilians are related in some way to the Anunnaki. I believe the Anunnaki were the ones who placed this satellite here so that they can monitor the evolution of man. Because I believe, and there is multiple proof of this, that they had some kind of play into creating us as well as the reptilians. But let's get this started. Uh, the Black Knight Satellite Conspiracy Theory. It shows a photo from 1998 NASA photo of space debris, an object believed by some conspiracy theorists to be an extra- extraterrestrial satellite, the Black Knight. Well, just from the photo, this looks like it's something out of this world. It don't look like no kind of technology that mankind has. It looks alien in origin. It says, The Black Knight Satellite Conspiracy Theory claims that there is a spacecraft in near-polar orbit of the Earth that 
is of extraterrestrial origin and that NASA is engaged in a cover-up regarding its existence and origin. This conspiracy theory combines several unrelated stories into one narrative. A photo taken during the STS-88 mission claimed by some to show the Black Knight satellite is cataloged by NASA as a photo of space debris. And space journalist James Oberg considers it as probable debris of a thermal blanket confirmed as lost during the mission. There is no way by this photo that that is a thermal blanket. No way in hell. It says history. According to some UFO conspiracists, the Black Knight is an artificial satellite of extraterrestrial origin which has orbited Earth for approximately 13,000 years. The satellite story is most likely a conflation of several disconnected stories about various objects and their interpretation, all of them well documented and independently and non-using the term Black Knight. Upon their first publication, according to Senior Education Support Officer Martina Redpath of Armagh Planetarium in Northern Ireland, Black Knight is a jumble of completely unrelated stories, reports of unusual science observations, authors promoting fringe ideas, classified spy satellites, and people over-interpreting photos. These ingredients have been chopped up, stirred together, and stewed on the internet to one rambling and inconsistent dollop of myth. The origin of the Black Knight legend is often retrospectively dated back to natural extraterrestrial repeating sources supposedly heard during the 1899 radio experiments of Nikola Tesla and long delayed echoes first heard by amateur radio operator Jorgen Hales in Oslo, Norway in 1928. Brian Dunning of the Skeptoid podcast attributes Tesla's 1899 radio signals to pulsars which were not identified until 1968. In 1954, UFO researcher Donald Kehoe, well, one second, uh, on another report I read about Nikola Tesla picking up the signal, it claimed that he, all it came into was zeros and ones. Well, that's binary. Binary. That's what computers now, you can go, that's what computers do. I mean, zero one zero one zero 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 one. He wouldn't know what that was then, because computers didn't exist. If they were able to pick up that signal now, there might be a message that's translated back to us. But continuing on, in 1954, UFO researcher Donald Kehoe told newspapers that the United States Air Force had reported that two satellites orbiting Earth had been detected. At that time, no country had the technology to launch its satellite. Skeptics have noted that Kehoe had been promoting a UFO book at the time and the news stories were likely written tongue-in-cheek and not intended to be taken seriously. A British rocket called the Black Knight rocket was used in conjunction with the Blue Streak missile program between 1958 and 1965. To test re-entry vehicles, a Black Knight satellite launcher project announced in 1964 was considered a priority by the Ministry of Aviation. The program never put anything into orbit, and it is unrelated to the Black Knight satellite legend. In February 1960, Time reported that the U.S. Navy had detected a dark object, thought to be a Soviet spy satellite in orbit. A follow-up article confirmed that the object was the remains of an Air Force Discover 8 satellite that had gone astray. 
then why would they have put it out there first that they thought it was a Soviet spy satellite? They would have known, and they would have been able to stop the report way before that had it been an Air Force Discovery 8 satellite. In 1963, astronaut Gordon Cooper supposedly reported a UFO sighting during his 15th orbit in Mercury 9. That was confirmed by tracking stations, but there is no evidence that this happened. Neither NASA's missions transcripts nor Cooper's personal copies show any such report being made during the orbit because they probably got rid of it. In 1973, Scottish author Duncan Luna analyzed that the long-delayed radio echoes received by Halls and reports speculated that they could possibly originate from a 13,000-year-old alien probe located in an orbit around the Earth's moon. He suggests that the probe may have originated from a planet located in the solar system of star Epsilon Botus. Luna later retracted his conclusion, saying that he had made outright errors and that his methods had been unscientific. No, probably what happened is that he was approached by the U.S. government or some other government, some agency, and told to shut up or they were going to take care of him. Space debris photographed in 1998 during the STS-88 mission has been widely claimed to be the Black Knight satellite. Space journalist James Alberg considers it probable that the photographs are of a thermal blanket that was confirmed as lost during an EVA. That there is no way in hell it's a thermal blanket. I mean, it's clearly through the picture you can tell that it's not no damn thermal blanket. See, my own opinions of this is that the government is trying to cover it up because they don't want mass panic. And as soon as somebody says something about it, they approach them and tell them to be quiet. They have done it for years with multiple different conspiracies. Why would it be any different with this one? And in other reports that I read about this, it says that it goes in the opposite rotation of the planet. So that means it has to have some kind of intelligence to it that allows it to go in the opposite rotation of the planet and against the gravitational forces. They didn't mention that in this report, did they? But it is mentioned in other reports. Uh, my own theory, my own opinion is that you think what you want about it and uh, do your own research on it. But we all know who knows about conspiracies that the government covers stuff up. They're going to try to keep this quiet. That's all I got on this one. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. This is Rufus Harper. This is Paranormal Stories. Now I'm going to go into the talk of Bill and Barney uh, Hill's alien abduction story defined the genre. Um, we'll go ahead and just jump straight into this. It says their account recovered with the help of hypnosis detailed extensive medical exams including a crude pregnancy test. It starts out, is it chasing us? That thought coursed through Betty and Barney's Hill's mind as they drove down the empty winding country road in New Hampshire White Mountains. And it was 
a September night in 1961. They hadn't seen a car for miles, and a strange light in the sky seemed to follow them. When they finally got home to Portsmouth at dawn, they were far from relieved. They felt dirty. Their watches stopped working. Barney's shoes were strangely scuffed, and Betty's dress was ripped. There were two hours of the drive that neither one of them could remember. What had happened? With the help of a psychiatrist, the quiet couple eventually revealed a startling story. Gray beans with large eyes had walked them into a metallic disc as wide, Betty said, as her house was long. Once inside, the beans examined the couple and erased their memories. Their experiences would kick off an Air Force inquiry, part of the secretive initiative Project Blue Book, that investigated UFO sightings across the country. The incident would also become the first ever widely publicized alien abduction account and shape how stories like it were told and understood from then on. Debate continues as to whether the husband and wife were liars, fantasious, crackpots, or simply sleep-deprived people who later recover seriously scrambled memories. The Hills Road Trip was spontaneous as well earned break. Barney decided the couple needed it, as explained, the interrupted journey. A 1966 book they collaborated with on with author John G. Fuller. Barney worked a grueling night shift at the post office, driving 60 miles each way. Betty's job handling state child welfare cases was no easier. The little free time this biracial couple had was devoted to their church and activities related to the civil rights movement. After 16 months of marriage, Betty and Barney saw this trip through Montreal and Niagara, Niagara, Montreal and Niagara Falls as their delayed honeymoon. They left so impulsively they had no time to go to the bank before it closed for the weekend. They got in their car with less than $70 in their pockets. On the last night of their three-day trip, the tired couple sipped coffee in a Vermont dinner diner to recharge before driving back. Barney figured if they pushed through, they could beat the wind and rains from an approaching hurricane. They left the diner around 10 p.m., estimating they could reach their red-framed house in Portsmouth, New Hampshire, between 2 a.m. and 3 a.m. at the latest. As they drove, strange light in the sky gave another reason to hurry. At first, it looked like a falling star, but grew larger and brighter with each mile. Barney, an avid plane watcher and World War II vet, was sure they had nothing to worry about. It's just a satellite, he assured Betty. It probably went off course. The light seemed to move with the car as Barney stared down the curving mountain road. The light zigged and zagged, ducking past the moon and behind trees and mountain ridges, only to reappear moments later. Sometimes it seemed to move toward them in a game of cat and mouse. It had to be an illusion, they thought. Maybe the car's movement made it seem like the light, too, was moving. Curiosity overcame them. The couple pulled over at road stops and picnic turnouts to get a closer look through binoculars. Betty saw that the white light was really an object spinning in the air. Barney, she told her husband, if you think that's a satellite or a star... You're being completely ridiculous. The Close Encounter 
he knew she was right. Barney had an IQ of 140, noted Fuller in his book. Barney was also a pragmatic man who wouldn't give flying saucers a second thought, remembered his niece Kathleen Martin in her work, captured the Betty, captured the Betty and Barney Hill experience. The night was too quiet for a helicopter, a commercial plane, or even military jet with a hotshot pilot. He didn't want to spook Betty. But he was becoming concerned. What was this light and why was it toying with them? About 70 miles past the diner, the object hovered just above the treetops, approximately 100 feet above them. Barney abruptly stopped the car, keeping the engine running. He shoved a handgun he'd hidden beneath the seat into his pocket and rushed into a dark field, leaving Betty in the car. What he saw was, a big, was as big as a jet, but as round and flat as a pancake. My God, what is this thing, he recalled, thinking this can't be real. Behind rows of windows, gray uniformed beings seemed to look right at him. Barney recalled. He tried to lift his hand to his pistol, but somehow couldn't. A voice told him not to put down a voice told him not to put down his binoculars. He had a startling thought, We're about to be captured. Yelling hysterically, he ran back to the car and barreled down the road as Betty tracked the craft craning her head outside the car window. With that explanation, loud rhythmic beeps, beeps sounded from the car's trunk. The couple felt instantly drowsy and lost consciousness. They came to around two hours later and 35 miles down the road, recovering the memory. An image depicting an alien spaceship at 200 feet and 100 feet above the Earth's surface, drawn by alleged alien abductee Betty. Hill, and regarded as one of the first examples of the flying saucer alien spaceship's archetype, September 20th, 1961. Back home in Portsmouth, they tried to make sense of the night. Barney felt compelled to examine his body lower half. Both seemed aware of a puzzling presence. In the weeks and months after, Betty, an avid reader, checked out books from the library discovering the Civilian UFO Group National Investigation Committee on Aerial Phenomenon, NCAP. She also reported the sighting to the Air Force worried about radiation. In coming years, with Betty suffering from disturbing dreams and Barney developing an ulcer and anxiety, the couple sought mental health. The two met with Benjamin Simon, a psychiatrist and neurologist who specialized in hypnosis, a mainstream technique at the time. Through months of weekly sessions, Simon helped the couple piece together what they think had happened. A vessel had landed on the hill's car, putting them to sleep. Afterward, gray beings walked them up a long ramp and into the spacecraft. Once inside, the hills were separated, taking turns in an examination room that had curved walls and a large light hanging from the ceiling. Each was asked to climb up on a metal table. The table was so short, Barney's legs hung over the side. During the examination, the beings removed Betty and Barney's clothes, plucked strands of their hair, took clippings of their nails, and scraped their skin. Each example was placed on a clear material, not unlike a glass slide. Needles connected to long wires probed their heads, arms, legs, and spines. One large needle around four to six inches long was inserted into Betty's belly. This pregnancy test left her twisting in pain. Throughout a being, Barney and Betty called the leader watched from the side. After Betty's examination ended, 
the being rushed back into her room. Excited. The beans rushed back into her room, excited. They discovered that Barney's teeth could be removed. Betty laughed, explaining that Barney had dentures, a fact of human aging that being, the beans struggled to understand. Later, alone with the leader, Betty asked where the craft had flown. Admitting she knew little of the universe, the being joked with her, saying, If you don't know where you are, there wouldn't be any point in telling you where I am. Later, under hypnosis, she drew a star map shown to her on the ship. In 1965, the Hill story was picked up by a Boston newspaper. After that, everything changed. The Quiet Couple story became the subject of a best-selling book and a movie starring James Earl Jones. The upstanding civil servants had become celebrity abductees. The model for alien abduction. The Hills weren't the first to spot a UFO or even to report an abduction, but their story did capture the nation's imagination and was so widely publicized it has helped shape how we talk about alien encounters and abductions to this day. Before the Hill story, alien encounters were friendly, according to Christopher Batter, a professor of sociology at California's Chapman University. Some aliens even lived on Earth and commuted back on weekends. But once the Hill story became better known, abduction accounts shared certain characteristics such as medical examinations and missing time. Aliens with large heads and big eyes, dubbed greys, and UFO circles became classic sci-fi staples in personal accounts and pop culture. Close encounters of the third kind and shows like the X-Files. The Hill story and those that came after helped pave the way for a new understanding of human experience. Richard J. McNally, a Harvard psychologist, puts it this way. The alien abduction phenomenon, in my opinion, shows some how sincere non-psychotic individuals can develop beliefs about and false memories of incredible experiences that never happened. Okay, buddy. I guarantee he was paid to say that. Experts of all stripes have tried to explain why intelligent, otherwise mentally stable people came forward with these experiences. Many psychologists say sleep paralysis and hallucinations play a role. Leading questions during hypnosis. The main way most abductees unlock their stories could also have been a factor. Barney and Betty Hill holding a newspaper reporting about their alleged alien abduction in a rural portion of New Hampshire in late September 1961. Those who report abductions might also see the world a little differently, according to research. One of the strongest predictors of false recall is a vivid imagination. This group scores high in magical ideation and is more likely to believe in ghosts and tarot readings, according to McNally. Some believe the Hill story was simply a myth in the making, with the supernatural meeting, vulnerable protagonists, and otherworldly journeys that are often the hallmarks of legend. Many point to the stress of being an interracial couple living in a predominantly white state in a turbulent era, the year of their hypnosis, 1964, was marked by Cold War tensions and civil rights unrest with numerous urban riots erupting that summer. 
you have a biracial couple at a time where obviously it was not easy to be a biracial couple, says Batter. Look what, what those aliens were. A mixture of black and white. I find that very meaningful. Abductee stories depend on first-hand accounts. The most vulnerable form of evidence memories can be distorted by stress or distraction or even manufactured when a false memory is in place. Psychologists say the brain works to fill in the details. Psychologist Michael Shermer points to patternicity, the tendency to see patterns even when none exist, helping us to see faces in clouds or assume that one event caused another. Past experiences also shapes human perception. Barney, a World War II vet, though the head gray thought the head gray looked like Hitler and seemed menacing. Betty, meanwhile, who had been excited to see the aliens, battered with the fable gray who performed her medical examination. That alien even agreed to give her a book to bring to Earth with her. She said, though other crew members would later overrule the decision. That decision. In this way, alien abduction and encounter stories have helped psychologists understand the human brain, its defects, and the weaknesses inherent in memory and first-hand accounts, according to Christopher French, a psychologist specializing in human experience. Related to the paranormal, what we see and hear, especially under less than ideal observational conditions, can be heavily influenced by our prior beliefs and expectations, wrote French in The, in the Guardian. NCAP's scientific advisor cross-examined the couple and found their account credible. The Air Force Project Blue Book would ultimately dismiss the story, determining the unexplained craft could be explained by natural causes, hinting that the couple hadn't seen a spacecraft but only the planet Jupiter. What? Okay. For this part, for his part, psychiatrist Simon never felt the heels had made up their story. He concluded Betty had dreamed the abduction and Barney had absorbed her story, especially since many of the most vivid details match descriptions of dreams. Betty had jotted down after the event. I believe implicitly in the honesty of these people, she said, he said on a 70s radio program. Of course, another explanation is always possible. The abduction actually occurred. The hills stuck by their story despite years of skeptics and detractors. Like many abductees, the couple never felt false memory or sleep paralysis explained what they experienced. Betty became a known voice in UFO research and claimed she was visited multiple times in the decades to follow. I believe this couple, and I believe most people who don't understand, and I don't care how many degrees you got, if you can experience or have not experienced an abduction or any kind of encounter with an alien, you're going to try to create some kind of other opinion of what causes it. And, of course, the Project Blue Book's going to rule that it didn't happen because I think they did that with any event that actually happened. The government and people don't want us to believe that this is going on. They don't want us to know that aliens are out there. But there's too many accounts, too many different stories, too many different things for people not to believe it. Uh if you don't believe, my suggestion is that you wake up. Thank you for listening to my podcast. Have a good night.